This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Husker CuzCast, I'm your host Patrick, and with me are my cousins Justin. Hello everybody. And Derek. What's up? And we are recording this podcast on August 27, 2016. So I wanted to give you guys a bit of a rundown about this maiden voyage we're about to set out on. My cousins and I talk constantly about Husker football throughout the year, and we always wanted to do a podcast. So we felt like, well, why should we be the only ones having fun? Let's invite everyone to the party. So what we're going to do is we're going to preview the games, talk about the latest, latest news, and even give a shout-out to other Husker teams if we think it's noteworthy. And speaking of noteworthy, plenty of things of note this week, particularly grim ones. Darian Grimm leaves the team citing, I guess, a disagreement with coaches about offensive scheme. Uh, claims he was lied to. Do you think this could impact the Calabrasca commits that are coming in, expecting the same thing that Grimm thought? Or what do you think? What do you guys think? Well, first off, when this uh, when the Grimm story broke, I felt bad for the guy because it said he was homesick, and I completely get that. I've been around people that have been homesick. I completely get it. But as the news kind of uh, evolved into what the real story was, and he just wasn't happy with Mike Riley's offense. He, he sounded like a selfish player. He wanted a forward-wide receiver set, and Mike Riley, thank God, he knows that uh, a forward four wide receiver set is not going to cut it in the big 10 playing the schedules that we do. And so if he feels like uh, a promise was broken to him, I don't feel bad at all. Uh, I wish him the best in the future. Uh, but as far as Calabrasca, no, I don't think there's going to be any impact there whatsoever with the, those recruits. Calabrasca, they are sold on Nebraska for, I would say whatever reason, but they have great reasons to to be sold in. And uh, I don't think that's going to hurt any other wide receivers. We're still getting the recruits to come in. I don't believe Mike Riley is making those uh, promises to recruits. And if he's breaking them, okay. what? He knows the deal. So I think we're okay. Well, I think that uh, as far as the Calabrasca goes, the, the main piece is Keyshawn Johnson Jr. The kids are following him, and that may have a lot to do with daddy, but <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, they're not going to worry about Darian Grimm near as what they're going to worry about Keyshawn Johnson, in my opinion. Yeah, give him the damn ball. Uh, I think so, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it affects the Calabrasca at all. 
I, I think we have only one thing to say then to Darian Grimm on his way out. Na 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 na. <laughs> That's hey, wrong. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. And moving on to our second topic, the suspension of Brandon Riley and Nate Gary uh, from the Fresno State game. Uh, now, Riley getting suspended for DUI, we know about that. Gary, uh, his suspension we can only guess on. Uh, but Riley seems to be okay with it because apparently news just came out tonight that uh, the captains have been chosen uh, for the upcoming season. So we have Nate Gary. We have Dylan Utter. We have uh, Jordan Westerkamp. And we have uh, uh, Bando. So uh, do you think that with the exclusion of uh, what a lot of fans thought would be Tommy Tommy uh, Armstrong, do you think that might cause any kind of friction or 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 uh, conflict within the team? I, I don't think so. I, I think Tommy Armstrong is a good enough person that he's not worried about me as much as team, and so I don't think he's going to let that affect him off the field he, he he's smart enough to know that being a captain at the end of the day we're, they're all making the same decision he's not making any decision differently than anybody else so i don't i don't think it affects anything no you know as far as uh, riley and gary's suspension for the fresno state game fortunately fresno state they are so bad it's not going to matter that those two aren't playing we are fortunate there. Uh, it is surprising to me, at least, that Tommy Armstrong was not a starter because if I were to guess what the starters or not starter, the uh, captains captain, were going to yeah. be, right? If the, who the captains were going to be, Tommy Armstrong, he was going to be on the list because he was a captain last year, and I don't know if his omission as being a captain is a tel- is a telling sign. I I don't know what to make of that really. Uh, and Nate Gary, I expected him to be a, it it could have been his, uh, his performance in camp was probably not up to par. There were a lot of reports that he wasn't quite as accurate as he could have been. Uh, maybe that the team saw that reflected on his effort somewhat and, you know, made their choices. Uh, You think that affected his leadership ability though? Well, I think that they have to have faith that he can that he knows what he's doing back there in the pocket and when to scramble, when to make his, you know, maneuvers when he has to. But I think the telling statement that uh, Riley made which sets me at ease is he said, Look, Tommy Frazier wasn't a captain, Scott Frost wasn't a captain. They had pretty uh, good careers, wouldn't you say? So I think it's well, a non-topic. There's that, but I, I just think that with Tommy Armstrong being a captain last year and not being a captain this year, I get Westerkamp. Westerkamp's a great player. He deserves to be a captain. But Dylan Utter beating out the guy that he's hiking the ball to, that did surprise me a little bit. And you know what? You're right. It it probably will be a non-story uh, later in. It may not affect anything. Just surprising. As far as Gary goes, the guy was suspended, so you know we all expected him to be a captain, but that suspension kind of like made it think that uh, maybe he doesn't get his captain status. But you know he got it, I'm, and I'm okay with that. And Bando, of course, 
we everybody knew that Bando was going to be the uh, guy. And that's my cousin what? always courting the controversy. Okay, and we well, are well, just to touch, just to oh. just to touch on the on the Tommy Frazier not getting as captain, possibly on his performance. I, I don't, I don't believe that's the case either. I, I know his performances and practices haven't been that great, but I've been well known as calling him t- Tommy Turnover. <laughs> this guy's been known to do this in his whole career. I. I don't know I why have, everybody expects him to be so much better this year. I think you have a patent on that. How's that coming, by the way? Have they gotten in touch with you about that? You getting some royalties? Still, still waiting on an email. Okay. <laughs> All right. On to the next. Topic. Let's hope. Let's hope that that dies uh, this year. <laughs> no, no patent necessary. All right. Um, third topic we have is uh, Big Ten predictions. I know you guys have been looking forward to this, so. Whichever one of you wants to kick it off. I guess I'll be uh, the guy here. Uh, I'm going to start out with the West here. And uh, I think Iowa is going to finish number one, followed by Nebraska, Minnesota, and Northwestern. Uh, the reason I took Iowa is because of their schedule. They got a, Their schedule sets up for a pretty good year. I think Nebraska can have a good year this year. And I think it will probably come down to that Nebraska-Iowa game. But schedule-wise, Iowa gets the nod for me. Uh, So in my top four, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern, note that I don't have Wisconsin in there. I think Wisconsin's going to have a tough year this year based off of their schedule. They have a brutal schedule. You know, against LSU and Ohio State at Iowa, Nebraska at Northwestern, at Michigan, at Michigan State, they got a tough schedule. So – I picked them to be like five and seven this year. It's going to be bad. Uh, East division. This was a uh, really hard to pick because there's some really good teams, at least at the top level. Uh, I pick Ohio state winning it followed by Michigan. Number two, Michigan state, number three and Indiana. Number four that uh, Ohio state, Michigan to me, I think both teams are going to have a solid years. Uh, Michigan, their schedule is very favorable, but it comes down to the Ohio State and Michigan in the final week, just like Nebraska-Iowa. And I think, you know, just being at Ohio State this year, that game's always uh, – anything goes in that game. So, you know, I just kind of flipped a coin here, really, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's at Ohio State. Well, I'll just know what your science is on picking games now. Hey, it's it's no worse than uh, Kirk Herb Street and picking Minnesota to win the West. So I don't know what his science is. Whatever either. works. Most well, his science must Washington. not be very good either because he picked Nebraska last year. So that hurts. That really hurts, Derek. You're up. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite of my cousin here. I, I, I'm going to go with the East first because I think this is a division that's worth talking about. This division's just. Tough in the top, at least in the top three. Uh, you get outside the top three, I don't think this division's that tough. With between Rutgers and Maryland and Indiana, th- those teams aren't that good, and I, I don't think Penn State's going to be very much better. I, I don't think Franklin will probably even have a job much longer because I don't see him improving things well. But the top three between Ohio State, and Michigan, and Michigan State—that that is fun to talk about. So. I will go with my top four here, and I got Ohio State number one. I have Michigan State number two, Michigan number three, and Penn State number four. 
I think Michigan State will absolutely continue their, I don't want to say dominance, but they will they will be a tough team to beat. They'll be competitive, but, yeah. And between, between Michigan and Michigan State, the only reason I picked Michigan to be number two was the Michigan game is, the Michigan-Michigan State game is at Michigan State. Hmm. And Michigan State is just not very well on the road at Michigan State in, in recent years. And I kind of had to steal from Justin and use his coin flip. So <laughs> It's pretty popular. <laughs> Why are you stealing my science, man? Because it works. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll in the go, West I, Division. What's that? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I, I don't disagree with your top three out of the East because I think all three of those teams, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan, are certainly capable of being double-digit win teams. Uh, it, Absolutely. It is gonna be tough, I have it's going to come down. To I, have also, I have all three of them winning 10, 10 or 11 games. I do, so, too. In the West Division... I have to uh, excuse my laziness here because when I had all my predictions figured out, I realized that I have Nebraska winning in the West Division. And in order to change it, I was going to have to pretty much restart my whole picks. <laughs> so, with that being said, I picked Nebraska number one, Iowa number two, Wisconsin number three, and Northwestern number four. And as far as Wisconsin goes, I have to completely disagree with Justin. I, I think they will be a much better team than people are expecting them to be. I, I don't see them being the best team in the division just because of their schedule. However, I, I think they're going to still win, figure out how to win some games. Absolutely. Any upsets, their schedule sir? is against them. Any upsets or surprises out of the bunch that you guys can see or – or a team that's really going to make waves that people aren't expecting? Well, I, I can get back into my Nebraska deal here a little bit more and, and explain the, the where I have Nebraska win is I, I have them upsetting Iowa on the road. And that's the only reason I have them beating. I actually have Iowa with a better record overall. But I have them tied in the division. So Nebraska would have the the head-to-head and that's why they would win the division. Hmm. So I guess you're, by that statement, you see a loss against Oregon. Absolutely, I, I, I think we're going to get into a shoot, try and get into a shootout with them, and you can't win a shootout with Oregon. I think you guys are under underestimating the black shirts, but we'll get to that. I guess I'm going to pull up the hind end, so. My picks are on the West. We have Iowa at number one, Northwestern number two, Nebraska number three, and Minnesota number four. I'm a big movie buff, and the only real scenario I can see that Nebraska's going to have to deal with, although not on the magnitude, thankfully, was We Are Marshall. I really think that the off-the-field uh, circumstances uh, – Foltz's death. Uh, I think Keith Williams, the controversy around his suspension and him coming back, that's going to weigh on this team. And I think that they're going to go through the non-conference. They're going to beat Oregon. And I think they're going to ride a high 
but after that they're going to hit a wall by the name of Northwestern. And we're going to see just how good of a coach Mike Riley really is because he's going to have to be psychiatrist, he's going to have to be interventionist, and he's going to have to force this team to do a lot of soul searching. But I think that he, that they are going to have a good year. I don't think they're going to beat Iowa, though. I think Iowa's too fundamentally sound. I think Ference has hit that sweet spot where he's able to just have this great favorable schedule that benefits him and his program and keeps him hired for five more years or whatever. Uh, and in the East, we have... Can I say Ohio. one thing? Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, I'm really interested in your Northwestern pick, having them so high, because uh, outside of Wisconsin, Northwestern, they have a pretty brutal conference schedule. Fitzgerald uh, rises to the occasion, though. Uh, he's yeah, but, not, yeah. But when you go to, you're at Iowa, at Michigan State, at Ohio State... Yeah, you know, if you want to throw at Minnesota, that's fine too. It's going to be really difficult to win a lot of games with that schedule, especially with those just the three conference games that I just mentioned. True. Uh, the, the first three. I, I that, have I have a couple of things I'd like to add to that too. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Justin, as far as you're going, I this this whole Minnesota thing with the new coach and everything, I I don't see where you're seeing them be so high. Second off. Patrick, you were talking about Ferenc, and he's kind of figured things out. This isn't the first time Ferenc has had a good year. He's had good years in the past, which is why he still has a job. Iowa's M.O. is having one really good year and then falling apart for three or four years. And then Ferenc gets on a hot seat, and as soon as he gets on a hot seat, he seems to have another good year. I think they fall apart this year a little bit. Not not completely fall apart, but I think they have some – I think they lose some games. So I you're do. basically saying that he's got success based on des- desperation, but he doesn't have anything after that. I mean, there's no foundation there. It, it seems sure, to be a, sure there is. Look at look at his record. But it seems to be a constant cycle. The cycle is still going, and it hasn't been broken. We haven't seen him have consecutive uh, seasons where he's done exceptionally well. When is so, that? So why is this year? Why is this year make any difference? Well, I just think that they are fundamentally sound, and I think that the schedule favors them. And honestly, I think Ferenc is probably going to ride off on how he did last year. So we'll just. I see think how I it think goes. the schedule. I, I think the schedule favors them almost every year. Yeah, I think that's on purpose. Well, their out of conference schedule definitely favors them. Yep, I. But. I would I would classify them as the Kansas State or Baylor of the Big Ten. So come at me, Hawkeye fans. Okay, so uh, we have for the East, Ohio State at number one, uh, Michigan at number two, Michigan State at number three, and Penn State at number four. I think Ohio State, uh, Urban Meyer has got a machine, and all he does is just reload. Uh, I, I think him losing 12 or 13 players, it, it doesn't matter. I think that it'll it's not going to be easy, but I think that the culture has already been established and the success record already speaks for itself. I, I don't see that ending anytime soon. But I do think that the battle with the Wolverines is gonna be epic. And I think Harbaugh is gonna really come out of the shoot as basically we're gonna have Shem Beckler Hayes part two with these two. So that'll be fun to watch uh, for coming years. 
Michigan State, hard to it's hard to uh, underestimate uh, uh, D'Antonio. I think D'Antonio is a great coach. He's got a well-established program at Michigan State, and Penn State's on the rise, so look out for them. Uh, with that, I think we are about. I would yeah. I would like to add a little bit on the Ohio State deal. Sure. I, I I think Ohio State will struggle a little bit in the first part of the year, but lucky for them, in the first. Four out of the five games that they play, they're playing high school teams outside of Oklahoma. So, and once they so so by the time they get through that five week schedule where their schedules are so easy, so they're having they're, a, they will figure things out. So they're basically having a glorified exhibition preseason before the real season starts. Is that what you're basically saying? Absolutely. When you're well, playing Bowling Green and Tulsa to start the year, Oklahoma will be a tough game for them. But then they play Rutgers. I, I, I take the I take the five weeks. I guess Indiana is usually a tough team to beat. But okay, their first four weeks, three out of four are just terrible teams. Well, to add with Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State's going to be nearly as good as last year, and I don't even think they were that great last year with the talent that they had. And uh, I still have them winning. You know. Uh, the East, however, their schedule is really, really favorable. They got a they got an easy schedule this year. I I, I think so. Well, and, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out for the season. So I'm looking forward to the season starting up next week. And with that, that'll wrap it up. I think on this maiden voyage, not bad, but uh, hopefully we have smoother sailing next week. Uh, when we preview Fresno State. A uh, special shout-out to the Nebraska volleyball team as they begin defense of their title. They beat Florida last night, and tonight they swept the vaunted Texas Longhorns, number two in the nation. This is a team to watch, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not a volleyball fan, get on board, because this is a special team. Uh, if you want to leave comments and messages, you can reach us at the Husker, Kaz, uh, Husker Cuzcast facebook page as well as the page on podbean and we are also planning on getting a twitter account so be on the lookout for that so i got nothing more to add we'll see you guys next week take care and go big red boys all right how long was it oh i thought we i thought you guys were going to do your sign off Oh, are you kidding? <laughs>